Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. As you listen to this episode, consider who you might share it with to give them an additional spiritual moment in their life, too. If you want to share it with lots of people, feel free to post on your social media page. And of course, you can rate and review this podcast to make it easier for others to find. For those of you new to the show, we're studying the Book of Mormon together this year, trying to create spiritual experiences in our lives to help us to better follow Jesus Christ. We loosely follow the scripture study curriculum of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and today we're going to be in Alma chapters 10 to 15. So in the last few episodes, we've been following the story of Alma as he resigned from being the chief judge of the Nephites and set off on foot to preach the gospel full-time to his people. He ran into particular trouble in the city of Ammonihah, but found a missionary companion in Amulek who went with him to add a second witness to the words of Alma. In this episode, I want to focus in on the character of Amulek. As we learn about this man, try to put yourselves in his shoes as he progresses through his conversion to the gospel. We first meet Amulek in an alleyway in Ammonihah when Alma asks him for a bit of food. He responds by saying, quote, I am a Nephite. And I know that thou art a holy prophet of God, for thou art the man whom an angel said in a vision, thou shalt receive. Therefore, go with me into my house, and I will impart unto thee of my food. And I know that thou wilt be a blessing unto me and my house. End quote. That decision to obey the angel and take Alma into his house dramatically changes the course of Amulek's life. As we continue to discuss what came next for Amulek, think about whether you would have made that same choice, knowing what you know about the outcome of that decision for Amulek. So Amulek feeds Alma for several days, probably has a crash course in the gospel of Jesus Christ from none other than the high priest of the church of God himself. And then they take to the streets to deliver the message that Alma was instructed by his angel to preach. This is when we learn more about Amulek. After tracing his bloodline back to Joseph that was sold into slavery in Egypt, which I gather was somewhat of a badge of honor for him, he explains, quote, And behold, I am also a man of no small reputation among all those who know me. Yea, and behold, I have many kindreds and friends, and I have also acquired much riches by the hand of my industry, end quote. Wealthy, influential, popular, we were talking about this story today in my youth Sunday school class, and one of the youth says, so is he like Bill Gates? Let's call that a fair comparison to help illustrate the point. Well, Amulek quickly becomes converted to the gospel through Alma and delivers some powerful words to Zeezrom and the people, including an often quoted passage at the end of chapter 11 about death and the resurrection. That's not the topic of this episode, so I won't quote it, but feel free to go study it yourself. Well, we learn later that there were at least some people that believed on Alma and Amulek's words, but not enough. Quote, And it came to pass, after he had made an end of speaking unto the people, many of them did believe on his words, and began to repent, and to search the scriptures. But the more part of them were desirous that they might destroy Alma and Amulek, for they were angry with Alma because of the plainness of his words, and they also said that Amulek had lied unto them and had reviled against their law, also against their lawyers and judges. And they were also angry with Alma and Amulek because they had testified so plainly against their wickedness. They sought to put them away privily, but they took them, bound them with strong cords and took them before this chief judge of the land. 
end quote. Well, as a convert to the church myself, I'm fairly certain that Amulek had no idea what he had gotten himself into. In his first foray out with Alma to preach this new gospel that he had just learned about, he ended up alienating many of the powerful people in town that were very likely his friends and associates, and was arrested and brought before the chief judge. He had opened a bottle that couldn't be closed again. There really was no turning back for Amulek at this point. He would no longer be revered in the same way in the city of Ammonihah as he was before. But this was just the beginning. Quote, And the people went forth and witnessed against them, testifying that they had reviled against the law, and their lawyers and judges of the land, and also of all the people that were in the land. And they cast out all those who believed in the words which had been spoken by Alma and Amulek. And they cast them out and sent men to cast stones at them. And they brought their wives and children together. And whosoever believed or who had been taught to believe in the word of God, they caused that they should be cast into the fire. And they also brought forth their records, which contained the holy scriptures, and cast these into the fire also, that they might be burned and destroyed by the fire. And it came to pass that they took Alma and Amulek and carried them forth to the place of martyrdom, that they might witness the destruction of those who were consumed by fire. And when Amulek saw the pains of the women and children who were consuming in the fire, he also was pained, end quote. He also was pained. Can you imagine what's going through Amulek's head right now? A brand new missionary, just called by the high priest of the church to preach the gospel, in one day has alienated his entire peer network and been forced to watch as his first believers are stoned and cast into the fire to burn. We learned earlier that Amulek had a family, children. He was probably watching them die. So can you feel his pain as he cries out to Alma, quote, How can we witness this awful scene? Therefore, let us stretch forth our hands and exercise the power of God which is in us and save them from the flames, end quote. But he doesn't really get it, does he? He's still too new to the gospel of Jesus Christ. He doesn't understand about agency, but Alma does. Alma knows that they can't stop what's happening. Even God can't, because that would go against the entire plan of salvation, whereby we have the ability to choose right and wrong. Quote, But Alma said unto him, The Spirit constraineth me that I must not stretch forth mine hand. For behold, the Lord receiveth them up unto himself in glory. And he doth suffer that they may do this thing according to the hardness of their hearts, that the judgments which he shall exercise upon them may be just. And the blood of the innocent shall stand as a witness against them, yea, and cry mightily against them at the last day. End quote. Amulek had just earlier been teaching about the resurrection and final judgment, but perhaps now it's finally dawning on him the significance of those teachings. It's one thing to preach about the body and the spirit being reunited one day, but it's another thing entirely to maintain faith in that as you're watching your family and loved ones burning to death in front of your eyes. Quote, now Amulek said unto Alma, Behold, perhaps they will burn us also. And Alma said, Be it according to the will of the Lord. But behold, our work is not finished. Therefore they burn us not. End quote. Can you in Amulek's shoes imagine hearing from Alma that your work is not yet finished? Amulek must have been thinking, What more am I being asked to sacrifice by continuing with this work? I've already lost everything. Well, the chief judge proceeds to cast them into prison after being beaten and spit upon, 
quote, and they did mock them for many days, and they did withhold food from them that they might hunger, and water that they might thirst, and they also did take from them their clothes that they were naked, and thus they were bound with strong cords and confined in prison, end quote. Imagine the Bill Gates of Ammonihah spending days in prison, naked, without food and water, being mocked and beaten every day. Well, eventually they break out of prison through the power of God, leave Ammonihah, and make their way to the land of Sidon to continue their preaching. Quote, And Alma established a church in the land of Sidon, and consecrated priests and teachers in the land to baptize unto the Lord whosoever were desirous to be baptized. And it came to pass that they were many, for they did flock in from all the region round about Sidon, and were baptized. And it came to pass that Alma and Amulek, Amulek having forsaken all his gold and silver and his precious things, which were in the land of Ammonihah, for the word of God, he being rejected by those who were once his friends, and also by his father and his kindred, Therefore Alma took Amulek and came over to the land of Zarahemla and took him to his own house and did administer unto him in his tribulations and strengthened him in the Lord, End quote. It's interesting to note here that before taking Amulek to his home to administer unto him and strengthen him, and, and keep in mind this would be like President Nelson taking you or I to his home to minister unto us. But before Alma did this, he took Amulek to the land of Sidom, where Amulek was able to see how missionary work is supposed to go. He witnessed the prophet and high priest of the church establish a new stake in the land and watched countless souls come unto Christ and be baptized. It's almost as if Alma wanted Amulek to see that there was good in the world, that there were people out there being prepared by angels to receive the gospel that needed people like Alma and Amulek to bring it to them. For Amulek, who had lost everything, his family, his friends, his money, his reputation, his influence, even his own father rejected him. So for this man who had lost everything and was likely trying to keep a grasp on his faith, it must have been uplifting to see so many people's lives begin to change for the better because of the gospel. But he was still weighed down by his sorrows as he limped empty-handed and alone back to Alma's house in Zarahemla. I can relate somewhat to Amulek's story. I was baptized in February of 2008 while living in Draper, Utah, and attending a singles ward. It was a great spring. It felt like everyone in my ward loved me. I had more friends than I had really ever had before. While the activities we did together were quite different than the activities I used to do with my old friends, it was a very uplifting and positive few months. But my job at the time was managing a summer tennis camp for kids in Malibu, California. I'd been doing this for the last seven summers, but this time I was terrified of going back to Los Angeles. Much of those seven summers was spent going out at night to Santa Monica, West Hollywood, Westwood, partying with a network of people I'd built up over the years. I was scared of putting myself back into that environment, leaving my sheltered, protected bubble in Utah where I was surrounded by my new friends who were positive role models in my life. I remember that first weekend back at camp in June of that year. I was wandering around Pepperdine University where the camp was hosted and I was living temporarily. And I felt this crushing weight of being alone in the world. I didn't know a single member of the church in California. I couldn't reach out to my old Los Angeles friends because I didn't want to put myself in a situation where I might make a poor choice and derail the spiritual progress I had made. 
my family had had a difficult time adjusting to my decision to join the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so I didn't feel like I could really reach out to them. It was perhaps at that moment that I fully realized the gravity of the decision I had made to change my life and be baptized. Like Amulek, that decision had left me basically alone in the world, and I knew that the rest of my life was not going to be as easy as the first few months had been in Utah. Well, the next weekend, I found myself in the nearby Pacific Palisades ward of the church and across the pews locked eyes with a boy named Derek, who happened to be one of the kids going to my tennis camp down the street in Malibu. I think his family was just as shocked to see me at church as I was seeing them. But without even really knowing me, like Alma, they took me into their house, adopted me into their family, and began to administer unto me in my tribulations and strengthened me in the Lord. I survived that summer, went back to Utah to start graduate school at BYU, met my future wife, eventually dropped out of school to serve a mission, and the rest is history. But the question remains for Amulek, who lost much more than I did through his decision to follow Christ. Was it worth it? Years later, Amulek answers that question for us. Quote, And now behold, I will testify unto you of myself that these things are true. Behold, I say unto you, that I do know that Christ shall come among the children of men to take upon him the transgressions of his people and that he shall atone for the sins of the world. For the Lord God hath spoken it and thus he shall bring salvation to all those who believe on his name. End quote. While Amulek was required to sacrifice everything as he accepted the Savior's invitation to follow him, in the end he gained so much more. Faith in Christ and a firm hope of salvation for himself and all those who believe. Thank you for listening today, and please remember to share this episode with others that might benefit from the message. See you next time as we continue to strive to accept our Savior's invitation to come follow me today.